0: Part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 529 kboi Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI.
1: Good morning and welcome to a Monday. Welcome to another week. It's Super Bowl week, ladies and gentlemen. And guess what? You can watch it at home. That's right. Tenga. Has worked out their problems with uh, Dish, and all it took was a Super Bowl to uh, yeah. help
2: fix that. That was the that was the catalyst, I would imagine.
1: Uh, yeah, I think because uh, all those Tenga fifty three stations or markets, rather, were affected um, apparently, and you 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 knock out the millions of millions of people who weren't going to be watching the Super Bowl, and I would imagine the pressure on some of. Uh, those Tenga stations, like KTVB, for instance, here locally, mm-hmm. um, was pretty massive for a Super Bowl. I'm guessing it was, too. Um, especially when, you know, you're already paying for the chance to watch the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, you were being forced to buy another streaming service just to watch the Super Bowl. People well, which, were not going to be happy. Which, of course, I did.
2: I may, I may dump it now. I don't know. <laughs> you may, and you're paying, how much was it to a month like 50, what, after your it's, first it's, three, it's, free
1: three months? It's like 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Yeah. So that's not cheap. Yeah. Do you have any other? I mean, do you have Dish? Yeah. Yeah. So you have Dish on top of that. So Mm -hmm. I mean, there between the two of those, you're you're paying well over a
2: hundred bucks. Of course, I also have HBO Max and Disney and a a a few others. Yeah. Uh, Netflix. So one again, one of the main reasons now, if I average it out among my family, we're actually paying very little per person. (laughs) <laughs> However, I'm the only one paying the entire bill. No.
1: Exactly. Now, if you could just do that and uh-huh. and balance that out, um, I would imagine the yep. Olympics
2: probably <laughs> had a little bit to do with it too, because that, oh, the Olympics are you know being shown yeah. on NBC. That's a good point. So, and, and it was the day of the uh, Olympic opening ceremony that they uh, finalized the deal. Yeah. So, in case you haven't noticed as of yet, <laughs> D- Dish people.
1: Uh, yeah, you, you uh ha- have a chance to watch Channel Seven again locally here. Um, you'll be able to see the Super Bowl this week. So good news. Um, I didn't realize it until I was going through, and all of a sudden it it, it said that Dish Network or Dish Network has removed Channel Seven, mm-hmm. and there's a dispute going on. And I would always see that, so I wasn't even going to Channel Seven. I happened right. to be going through one of the other channels. And said so it gave programming for Channel Seven. I go, wait a minute, is Channel Seven
2: <laughs> back on? Sure enough, and then looked it up, and sure enough, they had. You, you know, when I discovered come it, come to an agreement. Uh, going through my email this morning. Oh, so you didn't even know all weekend? No, because we did the same thing. We just stopped, you know, going, yeah. going to Channel Seven because there was nothing there. Well, and it
1: sucked because I, I missed two Sunday night football games that the Seahawks played in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that NBC gets plays the Sea plays Sunday night games. The that was NFL. the main re-
2: that was the main reason I ended up with YouTube TV though was to get in to see. Yeah. And you know now there's really no advantage to it.
1: I wonder and I don't know if we'll, if we'll ever find out um I mean because there's a lot of KTVB is the highest rated local station as far as news is concerned. I mean by yeah. a whole bunch. I mean, it's not even close um second and third place. I I'm I'd be curious because this went through one of the ratings periods. Um I think their rating period for Nielsen is in November. Oh yeah,
2: it it be I'd be curious if if it, their uh, ratings went way down yeah. because of Dish.
1: I I would wonder how much is affected by it. We will probably won't find beca- find out because I mean that's not something KTVB wants to share because they charge their um advertisers, yeah, advertisers based right. on, you know, what their ratings are. But I I'm curious how much it did affect locally here KTVB. And it's like locally they don't have I mean, they can't say much other than give pressure to their parent company, Tenga, in this situation, who, Mm -hmm. um, from what I read over the weekend, was asking for a billion dollars. Which which seems like a lot, but then again, I don't know what the going rate
2: for that stuff is.
1: Yeah, uh, for 53 markets, a billion dollars does seem... And apparently it was astronomically above what they were previously paying. Uh, This is according to DISH, so you're getting one side of this thing.
2: Yeah, I noticed and, in Dish's explanation, they they rarely looked at it from the other people's point of view.
1: No, um, and, and I mean you could you could say the same thing about Tenga didn't look <laughs> <laughs> at Dish's side of view either. Uh, but I never saw any of their notices. Um, Dish, so, I saw it you know like
2: for days after day. Yeah,
1: and, and and Dish and Dish said, hey, if you have questions about this, call you know your local you know, NBC affiliate, and they can answer their side of that. Um,
2: Adapt a surly attitude and then uh, <laughs> um, tell them what you think of them. And, but, and, and that's, of course, the person who answers the phone gets the brunt of it all. The other thing that uh,
1: Tenga was saying is the reason that they were asking for so much is because um, these markets are up for sale. Tenga has put their um, stations, their stations in those 53 markets up for sale, so they want to have the most money coming in because they can charge more money for the sale of the uh, company if they do that. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that was uh, all water underneath the bridge because we it's now have on. Channel 7, and the next thing that I we want to watch,
2: of course, is the Super Bowl, which is coming up this coming weekend. You guys watch uh, Law & Order SVU or Law & Order uh, no. orga- Organized My, Crime?
1: When you say you guys, uh, if you're including me, no. Oh, okay. My wife, however, does, but she doesn't watch first runs. She doesn't like the first runs. She only likes the reruns, which is weird.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
1: She, she just likes the reruns. She doesn't like the first runs. Just strange as heck. But I guess it's her TV. Well, um, yeah, you know, rights to watch so. the way she wants. So I imagine I don't, so. I don't argue with her. Our phone lines are open this morning 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, we'll get you uh, updated here on uh, some of the Olympics, and the Olympics we'll be talking about, update on local olympians there are a few local olympians one from meridian who is going to be uh taking part in the olympics coming up we'll uh, tell you about that plus there is one already um she's from sun valley and is doing fantastic as uh, usa tries to uh go after the gold again after winning in uh north uh, south korea just a couple years ago Mm -hmm. so uh we'll give you an update on that coming up here for you this morning boise state is off the schneid. They're back on another
2: win streak. One in a row. One in a row. <laughs> Yay. Thank goodness for San Jose to make us feel
1: uh, loved.
3: <laughs> yeah. Although that game was a large little bit and sloppy. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was true. a little
1: sloppy, but they, I mean, they still won very easily. Yeah, they won by like, what, 15 or 16 yeah. points? So, well, yeah, we'll talk about that a whole lot more uh, on the way for you this morning. Like I said, our phone lines are open. If you want to take part in the show, please feel free. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Speaking of sports, time for our first Update on what's going on in the uh, sporting world with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian, the place to go for
4: lunch Monday through Saturday. They're open up 1030 today. Get in, find out why they're so good. Good morning. Anybody else have football withdrawals yesterday? There actually was a football game on. If you're big on exhibition football, well, you probably watched the Pro Bowl. Stephon Diggs had himself a touchdown and helped the AFC get a victory over the NFC yesterday.
5: Here's the snap, going to hand it to Najee Harris, now flip it to Stephon Diggs who's looking to throw, now he's going to tuck it and run, he's got wide open space and Diggs cruises into the end zone, points at his brother on his way in for the touchdown. Stephon Diggs with a four yard touchdown run, he wanted to throw, saw things open up, took off. And Trayvon, his brother, was at about the one-yard line, and Stephon just gave him the point and said, I'm taking it
4: in for six. The AFC went on to win the football game. No big deal, since it was an exhibition game after all. But there was something that happened after the game. New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara who was there for the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas, was arrested on battery charges. Police say they were dispatched around 6 p.m. on Saturday night to a hospital where a person had reported a battery at the nightclub. Police said detectives determined the victim was battered by Kamara. After playing and making four catches for 23 yards for the NFC in Sunday's Pro Bowl, Kamara was then taken into custody and is staying right now at the Clark County Detention Center. Good chance that he'll bail out later today. I'm Rick Worthington.
6: Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
1: 622, he is Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Phone lines open 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through to us this morning, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBY dot com, send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or you can uh, text us, our text number, same as our main number. Uh another sporting thing that uh we'll we'll probably get into a little bit later this morning is uh, former uh Boise State football coach Brian Harson, apparently on the uh, hotter seat than anybody ever expected after a six and seven season. At Auburn, yeah. At Auburn. Um apparently a decision is going to be made sometime this week on whether or not he will keep his job or not wow one year so if this gives you an idea of how difficult it is to coach at auburn this will be the second head coach that they will have fired in 14 months assuming they do assuming they do i don't think he can
2: keep his job well since the uh... Since there's going to be a meeting to decide and the rumors and things like that are already out there, chances are they may be replacing him, but I don't know.
1: And a lot of the ESPN had a fantastic article um, on this, on what they think is, is going on here. And this has all to do, same with why the previous coach was fired, because you have the administration not agreeing with the boosters and the boosters think that they run the program and uh, it may come to fruition. Well, it is the SEC after all. Yeah, the boosters did not want Brian Harson as their head coach. Who did they want? The uh, don't even know. They just let did me guess. Want they're, Brian they're,
2: Harsin. Let me guess. Their answer is somebody who would have won more games.
1: Yeah, the administration. Uh, this was their hire. They said that they were going to make the decision, and there was not going to be the uh, boosters' decision. So um, you've got kind well, of a chasm there technically, at Auburn
2: technically it's never the booster's decision, however, in the same way that it's uh never a rich person who's you know uh donating to a congressman's fund um it's I, never their decision no, either now is yeah. it? um Not a and, and
1: and in this case um the boosters are super 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 powerful when it comes to auburn mm-hmm. um but I, I don't I don't know and e s p n said you know s- same thing that they don't know how he can keep his job based on just on what's going on because he doesn't have the support of the boosters. He's, it, it, the administration, if they don't support him and, you know, if yeah. there's a, hundreds of millions of dollars at stake here from boosters, yeah, about, about three the administration more, is going to probably side with them too. About three more touchdowns, and they would have won like nine games. Well, and they came within seconds of beating Auburn, which— mm, You mean Alabama. Or Alabama, I mean. So yeah. usually if you beat Al- Alabama and you're Auburn, you get a five-year extension. Yeah. So he came 20 seconds away from getting the extension. A five-year extension.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll talk more about like this. That? There's so much more going into this. How'd you like to have a job where they tell you, hey, all you have to do is make our football team beat Alabama?
1: Hey, remember that for a while there, it was the same thing. If It uh, didn't matter what, how bad a season you had at the University of Idaho. If you beat Boise State, mm-hmm. y- you got an extension. <laughs> you can go. You could go one yeah. and and twelve yeah, like, as long as one of those wins so was against Boise
2: State. Erickson, Gilbertson. I mean, yeah. the, there was a long list
1: of them. <laughs> uh, Washington, Washington State was the same way. They they had years where they would win one, maybe two games, mm-hmm. but they won the Apple Cup against Washington, and the coach was saved because they beat Washington. That yeah, was that was all sense. they cared about.
2: Like Harbaugh finally beat Ohio State.
1: Yeah. Look how popular he is all of a sudden. He was on the hot seat last year until he beat Ohio State. Uh-huh. Now everybody
2: wants him as their coach in the NFL. They don't care if you know they're in the, the finals or anything like that. They just want him to beat Ohio State. Dude. Yeah. Uh, and just one more um, sports
1: uh, nugget for you. Kellen Moore looks like he will be staying at Dallas. He was a finalist for the Miami job, but mm. uh, they fired the or hired the uh, San Francisco offensive coordinator instead of him. Um, There's still a couple of jobs open, head coaching jobs open, but he hasn't been mentioned uh, as interviewing for those two jobs. My, my guess would be he probably didn't want to leave Dallas yet. I, yeah, I, I mean it's not a bad deal. He's got a great offense, you mm-hmm. know, at Dallas to run, um, you know. So it's it, it's a win-win situation for him. He, he either could take a uh, decent job as a head coach if it was offered to him. If not, he still had a place to go. And mm-hmm. Jerry Jones wanted him back, so. Um, he's not he's not in a, a, a non enviable situation that's that's for sure. KBY news time 627.
0: Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios. We are our news talk on KBOI.
1: 634 coming up here for you uh, this morning. Might want to lock in your speed dial 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Not just so you can get through to talk to us and take part in the show, but because uh, you want to do some winning coming up here this morning. Uh, we've got a chance for you to pick up Chancellor's Valentine's Day ball tickets coming up at the Riverside Hotel coming up this Saturday night. By the way, guys, Valentine's Day is Monday.
2: Yeah, next Monday.
1: Yeah, not today, next Monday. So if you had forgotten about it and you don't want to make that stop at a gas station on your way home to try and pick up a mm-hmm. single red rose of whatever's left over at the gas station. Not that there's anything wrong with it. You, you know might what's, want to start you know, planning right now. One week till Valentine's Day. You know what's difficult to get? Dinner reservations. Yeah, even even now. Um, we also have, speaking of dinner reservations, dinner from one of the best places in the uh, Boise area that you can go to, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. $50 gift certificate we'll give away this morning. That, by the way, is ahead of our Sweet deal coming up here this Friday morning. Sweet deal. This is the fastest which, sweet deal yeah, that we, we have
2: had sellout ever in history. We assume it'll it'll go under two minutes. Yeah,
1: in the past we base that on the past because it's always. In the last two or three have been under two minutes. So we'll have a chance for you to uh, bid on that. It's coming up once again this coming Friday morning, 9 o'clock sharp. You can go to com, click on the Sweet Deals link, get in on that half-price deal. 25 bucks for $50, which, by the way, 50 bucks will get you a meal for you and your guests at
7: uh,
6: mm-hmm.
1: Lock, Stock, and Barrel. So just be uh, ready to play. We'll uh, get to our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. That's how you're going to win. That's on the way here in about 20 minutes.
6: Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
1: 641. Update on a story, breaking story that we uh, had for you on uh, Friday morning. Rick Worthington had broke in just before the uh, end of the show, said that there was uh, some police action going on in the uh, protest, homeless protest going on in downtown Boise. Idaho State Police uh, had arrested four people at the protest that has been going on for weeks at the Idaho Capitol Mall. What was the charge? Um, Three people were arrested uh, for outstanding drug-related warrants and a fourth for a probation or parole violation.
2: So basically warrants mainly.
1: Yes. Okay. Authorities also seized possessions and issued eight warnings. Items seized include sleeping bags, propane tanks, pillows, and drug paraphernalia.
2: So they must have asked everybody for ID and then, and then run their names.
1: Yeah. I, I would guess that would be the only way that you would probably know that warrants were issued for some of those people. Uh, Idaho authorities maintain that by law, camping is not allowed at the site because it is state property. Idaho Legal Aid has pushed back and said Idaho State Police are violating protesters' rights court ruling after the Occupy Boise movement back in 2011 concluded that people are allowed to demonstrate in tents, but they are not allowed to camp there. It can be an intense demonstration. A ruling in 2019 found that people experiencing homelessness cannot be cited or arrested for sleeping outdoors on public property if there isn't available shelter space. Police said that they checked to see if shelter beds were available on Friday before searching the demonstration site and were told that there were That's beds true. available
2: there was nobody protesting because of the the lack of shelter space
1: right so if you're wondering you know how can they go in there and take sleeping bags propane tanks pillows and well drug paraphernalia <laughs> doesn't have to do with camping uh but those those things those particular items um are camping items so you can have a tent you mm-hmm. just can't you can't sleep there because it is public property and you're not allowed to sleep there because of the ruling back in 2018 that said...
2: So if you're able to stay up all night, then you're fine?
1: I believe so, as long as you're not camping, yeah. <laughs> or as, sleeping. As long as you're not sleeping, as long as you're not camping, then uh, you're perfectly fine. Then it then it is a protest or or a demonstration based on, on okay. ruling back
2: in 2018. I will remember that if, if I ever decide to uh, go that route.
1: Other uh, news for you. This is kind of cool... Um, Got to say kudos to a couple Ada County deputies. Deputy Dylan Sklar and Sean Dalrymple were uh, driving on East Pine Avenue in Meridian. They saw a black SUV lose control at about 6 o'clock yesterday morning. Vehicle went over a curb straight into the ice-covered pond at Pine and North Eagle Road. You know, that pond kind Mm -hmm. of there by Sensi? Right. Uh, Sklar saw the uh, SUV crack through the ice and begin to sink, and no one was getting out. So the uh, two of them took off their um, weapons and all their items and jumped in, swam to the vehicle. They were able to pull a 51-year-old woman through the uh, driver's side window, brought her to shore where paramedics were waiting. The woman was treated at the local hospital for what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. Temperature, by the way, outside at the time was 23 degrees. Wow. So
2: um, a life-saving act by the two of them.
1: I would say so. Fantastic. Ada County Sheriff's Office reported that uh, other than being really cold, Sklar and Dalrymple were fine. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever stuck your hand or anything into water that's like 28, because I, mm-hmm. we, had a,
2: we had a fish pond. Oh, I've, I've been polar bear club member.
1: Uh, I, it, it, it is so painful. I mean, it physically is hurtful to stick your arm or anything in like that Mm -hmm. and and the fact that you jump in and you
2: like you said you've done that before i got a big laugh uh, when i was joining the polar bear club for the first time because i jumped in and then i jumped up and of course the first thing on your mind is to say something profane (laughs) Um, and i looked around at all the people and i said gee i wish i hadn't done
1: that News Newstime 645. Let's get a check on what's going on uh, with sports once again. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get into uh, Fat Guys today. They're just off Wells Avenue in Meridian.
4: Boise State basketball fans can be excited about the Broncos getting back on the winning side after they bounce back with a 76-60 to win over San Jose State over the weekend.
3: Boise State had a 14-0 run late in the first half and a 10-0 run to open the second half. Tyson Degenhardt's career high 23 points was the highest for a Bronco freshman since 1994. Coach Rice credited him with getting
8: the team going. Tyson, his feel for the game, his, you know, he made some hustle plays when we weren't didn't look like we were playing that hard, and he he kind of made us all step up.
3: Abukeyeab had 18 points and 11 rebounds, plus a career high five steals. Up next for the Broncos, UNLV
4: at home on Friday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Other games played in the Mountain West over the weekend. UNLV drops one to Utah State. The final score in Utah was 90 to 75 and New Mexico goes into Air Force and gets a victory 91 to 77. There were two games played last night. San Diego State at home defeated Nevada sixty-five to sixty-three, and Wyoming. They remain tied for first place with Boise State after eking out a victory against Fresno State sixty-one to fifty-nine. I'm Rick Worthington.
6: Download the six seventy KBOI app for your smartphone
0: for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI.
1: On the way for you this morning, you want to stick around uh, before 10. We will have a chance for you to get uh, Chancellor's Valentine's Day Ball certificates. This gets you into the Riverside Hotel this coming Saturday night for the uh, Chancellors who will be playing live music. So they'll be dancing, they'll be partying,
2: they'll be fun. Probably 50s and 60s music mainly,
1: but you never know. Uh, Anyway, you can win those tickets coming up here this morning. So stay right where you're at. Be ready to call 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It'll come Sometime before 10 o'clock, coming up after 8 this morning. $50 gift certificate to lock, stock, and barrel can be yours if you can answer our Casper and Chris. The I'm Near Impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with the global network for all your needs in real estate. Call 208-888-4128. Our question today has to do with football. Who has the second most receiving yards in NFL history after the age of 40? After the age of 40. Second most. I'll give you the first most. People probably can guess this one. Jerry Rice, after turning 40, mm-hmm. had 2,169 yards.
2: Second place is a
1: way I, ways I,
2: behind that. I guessed and didn't even come close.
6: <laughs> uh, stick around after 8. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Seven oh seven. good morning.
1: Welcome to a Monday morning. Thanks for being with us. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to be a part of the show, um, we encourage that. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Just an update, uh, Dow Futures are up 46 points ahead of the opening here in just about 22 minutes. We'll be talking with Jeremiah Bates. Uh, what we can expect this week uh, as it comes to the stock market and the uh, economy. That's on the way here in just about 15 minutes here on Newstalk KBOI.
2: Uh, Southwest Airlines, if, if you have missed drinking on flights. I have. If you've missed drinking alcohol. Southwest Airlines will bring alcohol service back to most flights starting um, a week from Wednesday, February 16th. And that will end nearly two years of dry operations and uh, restore an important source of revenue for the company. But a union representing the flight attendants, who will be serving the drinks, said they are outraged by uh, this move because it could aggravate unruly behavior from passengers. Now, listen to this. According to unruly passenger data from the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, the number of investigations the agency initiated spiked from 146 in 2019. 2019. 183 in 2020. That's more. And then in 2021, there were 1,099. <laughs> so, now wait, wait, a b- about six or seven times more. Let me get this
1: straight. They quit allowing alcohol on flights in 2020, and it was
2: seven or eight times more than uh, after they quit. M- more incidents that they actually investigated. Now, all told, there were 5,981. Unruly passenger reports uh, that the f a a recorded last year, not a lot of them you know ended up in arrests or investigations seventy three percent however, involved mask related incidents hmm. uh, and why does that most not surprise and, me? and most often it was somebody usually with a first class ticket who thought they didn't have to um, well, it looks like first class was about forty percent so no mostly it was it was in coach. but people who didn 't uh want to wear. A mask, or didn't believe that they should have to. Now here, here's however, the thing. However, about half of those also had alcohol playing a
1: role. Here's the thing, and I don't, I could, I could never understand this, that you know, the there are airline companies who quit allowing drinking mm-hmm. in coach, but you are perfectly fine to drink in first class. <laughs> so I, I don't understand that now. Well, Southwest like, Airlines like does in, not have
2: first class. It, it, it's like how in that's true, but it's like how in coach. Uh, when you when you get on, I mean, after the plane's been in the air about thirty minutes, you'll get something to drink. In uh, in first class, you have it long before you, before you leave you the take ground. off. Yeah. yeah, before you take off, it's and like, it's also you, complimentary.
1: Wanna, I'd like a Bloody Mary, please mm-hmm. make it two. Um, so based on the statistics here, they should be calling for alcohol to come back because it sounds like if you're drinking, it it makes you a little calmer based guess, on the maybe.
2: number of incidents they've had, right? But these it, it, the investigations by the FAA just killed me. Uh, 146 one year, 183 the next year, and then 1,099 last year. My um, wife traveled to San Francisco over the weekend for mm-hmm. a uh,
1: real estate convention. She was helping to swear in officers in San Francisco. Um, it, it's interesting because not only did she have to... Before she was able to enter the ballroom where this this took place, she had to have a negative test in addition to really? wearing a mask and also having proof of vaccine. So she had to have her vaccine card. Then mm-hmm. she had to take a test right before she entered in. So if she had tested positive, she would have flown there for nothing it would and not have been, been allowed just, to enter
2: in. It would have been just a Bay Area vacation. Yeah.
1: Now, she flew back, and I didn't check with her on what airline she flew back on, but she ran into one of those people. Um, she's sitting at her, you know, minding her own business in her seat and drinking coffee and, and listening on her headphones, mm-hmm. and she's, like, drinking coffee and has her mask down um, to drink her coffee, and somebody hits her on the shoulder across the aisle
2: and said, can you please put up your mask? Oh, so not a flight attendant? Just- no,
1: not just, just a Karen sitting across the street <laughs> from her, across the aisle from her.
2: They should write a book about them called Karen Feeding. I'm just like, you're so much nicer than me.
1: Cause I, mm. And which could be the reason why so many people on airline flights uh, get into trouble is stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And not minding your own business. Uh, I, and, and like I said, I could get it if she's just sitting there with her mask down, not doing anything. I, she's drinking coffee. And this woman was upset because she had her. I don't know how you drink your coffee with your mask up, but apparently this woman thought you could.
2: I'm really good at minding my own business. I've practiced it for so long.
1: You, you keep your, mind, your nose out of other people's business, there's a less chance of it getting punched, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. You roll your eyes a lot, but that's about all yeah, you do. Th- there you go. Um, email in this morning. Um, and, and thanks for this email because I I said the same thing when I heard this. I can't help it. I have to ask, according to your news this morning, the air was 23 degrees Outside, the water was much colder. Wouldn't we call that ice? I'm having a hard time picturing water colder than 23 degrees. Help me out here. What am I getting wrong? No, you're right. If the water was colder than 23 degrees, it would be frozen solid, But which it which it wasn't. So water, yeah. water is above freezing. Anything below freezing becomes ice. But yeah, water, it's still cold. <laughs>
9: mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, it, the air was 23 degrees. I don't think the water was. I mean, there was ice on top of it, but. Good catch. But, but, but,
2: but that is a very good point. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is a good catch. That's a very good catch this morning. Um also I wanted to mention this. Troy Merritt, I don't know if anybody watched the uh AT&T Pebble Beach Pro Am. Yeah. Oh, um, he killed it on Sunday. He 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 did amazing on Sunday until he got to uh the uh, back nine. For a while he <laughs> was in first place at 18 under. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the back nine, he got a bogey and then a double bogey that kind of took him out of contention for first place. He still finished, tied for fourth. Good money. And made $391,000. Troy Merritt, by the way, is from
2: Meridian. And that... Played uh,
1: golf at Boise State University. And and that
2: was the pro-am, so you had guys like Bill Murray and other stars there.
1: Bill Murray, by the way, on the uh, final hole, um, did a Carl Spackler thing. Right. He he uh, didn't look at the hole, putted with the, not looking at the hole, dropped it, and then just threw his putter.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> I saw that, too. Uh, by the way, Tom Hogue uh, won. This is the difference. I mean, Troy Merritt, first place, would have got him $1.5 million. So it's a big drop-off from first to fourth. Wow. Yeah. But still, $391,000, pretty good have, payday for him. I have him. never, so and, won, and you can won, verify
2: 100%. this, I've never once played game of golf where one stroke made the difference no yeah (laughs) i i usually lose by 30 or 40 look you were so
1: close chris you were right Uh there five or six strokes here and five or six strokes there you
2: would have been right there the good news is i'm on the green the bad news is it's the wrong hole
1: KBY News Time, 715, time for a check on what's going on with sports. Once again, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Get in for uh, lunch today. Soup, salad, sandwiches, wrap. Remember, any sandwich can be turned into a salad or wrap at Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian.
4: All right, we told you about the AFC victory over the NFC yesterday in the Pro Bowl, but there was some other NFL news. It's actually pretty important. ESN, ESPN's Marcel Luis Jaquez gives a rundown on the Miami Dolphins' hiring of Mike McDaniel to be their next head coach, and he says the team was ready to wait on McDaniel until they brought him into the building because he had a really stellar interview, apparently.
0: After nearly a month-long coaching search, the Dolphins have their guide. It's former 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel. I'm told that he was so impressive during his first interview with the team, a 50-minute Zoom call earlier this offseason, that they were willing to wait on their final decision until they were able to bring him in the building.
4: And from what we can tell, Kellen Moore was actually a candidate for this job.
0: This Friday, McDaniel sealed the deal with an extraordinary interview that spanned most of the day. Miami did interview Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore on Saturday, but opted for the NFL experience and the innovation that McDaniel brings to the table.
4: I mean, there are those like myself that thought Kellen Moore was a shoe in to get a job as an NFL head coach this year. Now it looks like he'll wait until at least next year before he gets an NFL head coaching job. Unless, of course, the Cowboys completely tank this upcoming season. I'm Rick Worthington. I'm for the Morning Market Report.
6: Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City
0: Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise.
1: 722, Jeremiah Bates once again uh, with us to talk about your money ahead of the uh, opening. Dow uh, looks like it could get off to a uh, fairly decent start. 30 points to the good. Anything to the good um, over the last uh, month and a half <laughs> it seems to be good. Um, Jeremiah, I want to talk about a company who has uh, seen some problems here over the uh, last month or so. Might be a uh, target for a takeover.
10: Yep. So mergers and acquisitions. Uh, activity on that was tremendous in 2021, up from 2020. So I think mergers and acquisitions was up over 25%. It looks like that trend is going to continue into this year, perhaps. I mean, you have news of Frontier that's buying Spirit Airlines in a $3 billion deal. And now there's this There's a saying of uh, buy on the rumor, sell on the news. So right now, <laughs> this potential Peloton takeover, it's rumor right now. And we're seeing that reflected in the pre-market trading of Peloton stock, which was up over 30% at one point. I think it's up around 28% as, we, as we're as st- we uh, talking right now. But So reports have some big players in the mix of uh, potential suitors. You have Amazon, Nike. Uh, you have analysts also uh, suggesting that Apple is aggressively involved in this takeover. So if you look at Peloton, it, the narrative has not been great for it as of recent. The stock is down 31% uh, year-to-date. It's down over 84% going back to this time last year of, of Friday's close. So Peloton was one of the huge beneficiaries of the pandemic as it was, it was one of the darlings, but then you factor in some bad news of, again, gyms reopening, kind of lockdown subsiding, and then you have some defaulting on their treadmills and equipments. It, it hasn't looked good for them so far this year. It's certainly reflected in the stock price. So seeing that uh, you have these big players come in and potentially sweep up Peloton on a discount. It's certainly boding well for the stock so far today. In addition to this, Peloton is set to report earnings on Tuesday. So don't expect any surprises there. It'll probably surprise to the downside. But I do find this interesting from a few different standpoints. Number one, it kind of shows this transition from this uh, pandemic era that we were in and those beneficiaries that we saw, like your Pelotons, your Zooms. We're kind of getting back to the sense of normalcy. We're seeing gyms reopening, but we're also seeing this momentum momentum of mergers and acquisitions continue because corp- these big players, these big corporations, just have so much cash on the sideline. I mean, we saw it with Microsoft and that Activision deal a little bit earlier, and an all cash, multi billion all cash deal. So a few dynamics on this uh, on this rumor so far that I think are some interesting dynamics for the markets moving forward this year.
2: An- another residue, I guess, from uh The virus is the chip shortage, and that's affecting Ford right now, isn't it?
10: Yeah. So for, I mean, and a lot of manufacturers, especially on the auto, auto industry are citing that these, these chip shortages are really affecting their ability to ramp up production and meet the demand. It's kind of been the story, uh, last year going into this year. So the reality is there needs to be more chip manu- manufacturing to keep up with this demand. The question is how soon can that, um, can that manufacturing meet up with demand? And I don't think we're going to see a clear indication of that until we're probably about summer, like maybe about third quarter of this year, to really see how this all uh, pans out.
1: All right. uh, As we said, uh, looking like we're up about 40 points uh, to the good on the Dow, head of the opening. We'll keep an eye on that. More importantly, you'll keep an eye on that. We'll get an update from you here just a little over an hour from right now. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning at the same time.
0: Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk on KBOI.
1: Well, that didn't last long. Dow officially opened. Instead of being 30 points up, 30 points down. 60 point change in just a uh, short amount of time, unfortunately. It's only 30 points. (laughs) Too too bad when uh, it's real, it doesn't live up to our expectations. I know. Guess I'll take my money and bet on the Super Bowl. Have just as good a chance of winning there, I'm guessing.
2: Actually, technically, I'm, I'm somewhat pessimistic. So I, I imagine it does actually meet my expectations.
1: Um, if you want to get
2: expectations
1: met, and maybe you're searching for something for Valentine's Day, which, guys, by the way, that's coming up a week from today. Um, we've got a uh, Chancellor's Valentine's Day ball gift certificate for you and a guest to uh, head to the Riverside Hotel this Saturday night. you got live music, you've got dancing, you got partying. Caller number six right now will take care of your uh, Valentine's Day uh, needs, at least for Saturday night, which, you know, since Valentine's Day on a Monday, I think I count that as Valentine's Day. Chancellor's Valentine's Day ball gift certificates right now get you in for free riverside hotel caller number 6 pound 670 on your verizon wireless caller six dog carefully good luck
6: 670 kboi on alexa first say alexa enable the 670 kboi skill then when you want to listen say alexa open 670 kboi
0: now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi They've become relatively regular occurrences, especially since masks have been required on board. Unruly passenger cases have exploded since the beginning of the pandemic. Now, in a letter reviewed by ABC News, Delta Airlines CEO Ed Bastian is asking U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to put unruly passengers who are convicted on a no-fly list that would bar them from flying on any U.S. airline. Currently, unruly passengers are barred from flying on that airline. Delta says it has banned 1,900 passengers for refusing to wear masks on board. Alex Stone, EBC News.
1: We were talking about this a little bit earlier this morning that um, flight attendants for Southwest are livid that uh, Southwest is going to start selling alcohol on their flights again. Yeah, nine days
2: from today, they'll start it up again.
1: However, I mean, when you look at the numbers, um, it's when they took alcohol away that people started to get it more and more. Mm unruly. I don't know if one has any,
2: you know... Causation and effect here. You never know. I mean, people uh, people who need to drink in order to fly uh, have been doing it in the airport before they leave, and, and that that brings about situations like where you know somebody misses their call because they're in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it also makes a few people get on the airline drunk.
1: Um, your thoughts? What do you What do you think? I I personally don't have a problem if you have caused a ruckus enough to get a flight canceled or to have to return to the airport or have to be physically taken off an airplane by police that you get put onto a no-flight
2: yeah. list it's, and never get to fly again? I don't have a problem with that. It's not for being irritable uh, or you know saying something rude or, or anything like that. It's for really unruly behavior when you've been corrected uh, by a flight attendant who, by the way, is uh, in this particular case, a federal official, when they're in the air. You knew that, right? Yeah. And, and if you mess with a flight attendant, it, it, uh, you can be charged with skyjacking. It's a federal offense. Yeah. I don't have a problem being
1: put on a no-fly list. Um, I, I don't know if there are people out there who are on the other side of this and say, well, you're taking away my freedom to fly. No. Just, you know, don't become unruly and you have all the freedom that you mm-hmm. want.
2: They, they will tell you when you purchase a ticket whether you have to wear a mask or not. And right now, you have to wear every, a mask yeah. on every airline. Every
1: airline requires masks right now. I have a funny feeling. It's one of
2: those where somebody says, well, this shouldn't be. And I say, well, it is what it is.
1: You know, people think that's an answer. I don't have any inside knowledge on this. I haven't heard anything. But I have a funny feeling that for the rest of our lives, whenever we fly, we're going to have to wear a mask
2: possibility. I
1: really think that. I, I think that now that they've got everybody wearing masks, that they're never going to take that away.
2: Have you ever caught cold or the flu while on a flight? I have.
1: Yeah. Um, because you're, you know, breathing in a, you're in a confined space, just mm-hmm. like you would be in a classroom or in an office building with a whole bunch of other people. And if people are sick, yeah. and
2: those are going to be flying around. That's always such a pleasure that, you know, somebody physically, I mean, visibly, physically ill is right across the aisle from you. 208-336-3700, pound 670
1: on your Verizon wireless. What are your thoughts? You can weigh in. Right now, let's get a check on uh, what's going on in sports one final time this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Get in today for lunch. Find out why. They've been rated the number one deli in the entire state of Idaho. It's Fat Guys Fresh Deli just off Wells Avenue in Meridian.
4: Boise State basketball fans were treated to another victory for the Broncos over the weekend. The Broncos are now 9-1 and in the Mountain West and remain in first place after their 76-60 to win over San Jose State.
3: Bronco freshman forward Tyson Degenhardt posted career highs in points with 23 and rebounds with 8 and sparked the win. He talked post-game about why he had the big game. I think that my teammates trusted me to make the right plays and the plays were there for me. Uh, you know, we are a little slow in the start, and I tried to be a little aggressive and get it into the middle of the zone and um, attack the rim. And that got us going, and then the three started falling after that. Abu Kijab had a double-double with 18 points and 11 rebounds and also a career-high of five steals. The Broncos get a break,
4: not having to play again until Friday night at home against UNLV. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. The Broncos are tied for first place. Uh, Wyoming did play over the weekend. They eked out a victory on the road at Fresno State 61 to 59. San Diego State on Saturday night was also a winner at Nevada 65 to 63. Two other games to mention. Utah State, a big winner over UNLV 90 to 75. And New Mexico goes on the road and beats Air Force 91 to 77. I'm Rick Worthington.
6: And Shapiro this afternoon
0: at one. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. By the way, I
1: want to congratulate Marcus Frohart. I uh, was calling number six. Marcus of Star picked up his
9: tickets hey. to
1: uh, have a uh, good time at the uh, Chancellor's Valentine's Day Ball coming up
2: here this coming Saturday night, Riverside Hotel. I know Marcus. I think I've known him a little longer than I've known you, actually. Wow. It's a long, long time. Met him uh, back around 1987 or 88. He, he's done some sports announcing and various other things, some radio. Congratulations,
1: Marcus. If you didn't win this morning and uh, we're trying to get through, and there were a lot trying to do so, um, stay tuned all this week. We have those to give away every morning uh, between 6 and 10 uh, leading up to Friday. Once again, it is happening on Saturday night at the Riverside Hotel. Russ in Eagle, thank you for being patient this morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you.
5: Hey, good morning, man. Hey, I just, uh, my daughter's a flight attendant for a major airline, and I am completely in favor of anything they can do to keep these people off the planes. I mean, I think they should be on the no-flight list if they disrupt the flight. I mean, think about it. You've got, you've got this plane full of people that, uh, you know, they're lucky if they have an air marshal on board. And when these people go crazy on these planes, you know, they're the whole flight's at the mercy of these people, I and mean, sometimes they have to divert and land, and you yeah, know, who knows where? But she's had to have pe- you know people taken off the plane when they've landed. But um, they, I don't know what kind of punishment they get, but it needs to be a federal offense. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, I, I whatever they're doing right now doesn't seem to be working because as Chris gave the numbers a little bit mm-hmm. uh, earlier this morning. You know, we've seen a sevenfold increase just over there from twenty twenty to twenty twenty one.
5: So whatever
1: whatever the punishment has been, it hasn't it hasn't deterred it any.
5: Right. In addition to being on the no fly list, they need it needs to be a federal crime. It needs to be something they're going to do. It's a felony. It needs to be a felony for for what they do. There's just I mean,
2: there's just something. There's just something in a person's mind. I think maybe it's just an American thing, but where you give a company like four hundred and fifty or five hundred dollars. And then demand that they make you follow rigid rules, but you know what you have to do that
5: well, yeah, especially in an environment that they 're in i mean you know you're 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 locked in this tube flying through the air, and you know you've got you know one hundred and fifty people on this plane, and you know you 've got one person that can totally disrupt the whole flight uh and you know, that can cause all kinds of problems, so
1: mm-hmm. yeah
5: you know people it, and think about the, how how flight has changed I mean back when 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 I was young, I mean you got dressed up and you did all kinds of stuff to fly, and now people show up in their pajamas and it's just you know not not some people most
1: people show up in their pajamas <laughs> now I've noticed
5: yeah it's just it's just you know and then you know I don't know if the drinking thing has a lot to do with it or not I really talked to her about that part, but uh, you know I enjoy bourbon when I'm flying, but mm-hmm. um you know, one of you guys was saying earlier that you know people that have a problem with with that are going to get loaded up before they get on the plane anyway. And she's refused entry onto the plane uh, in the past when she when they. I mean, when you're when they're standing when they're standing there on the front of the plane when you're getting on and they're all smiling and saying hi to you, they're they're doing profiling and they're checking you out for all kinds of stuff as you're getting on the plane. So you know they're 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 into that kind of stuff. They it's, know how to um, tell if people are inebriated and things like that. And
1: and these are the
2: forward. these are the people who trip over something when they're not moving. <laughs>
5: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, well, yeah, and there's, there's there's a
2: different. I mean, are you a happy drunk
1: or are you an angry <laughs> drunk? And I mean, right? both of us have known, you know, people that have been angry drunks and people that have been happy drunks, mm-hmm. and there's complete difference, you know. And you don't want that angry drunk on a on a plane, you know. I I mean, you don't want somebody so inebriated that they're going to throw up or have problems, you know, not getting to the right. bathroom on time or anything like that. So,
5: well, the whole and the whole mask thing, you know, making them. Police these federal requirements on masks is BS too. I mean, they don't want to be reminding people 28 times on a flight that they got to put their masks on. Also, their garbage, but you know they stuck with it. That's that's the world they have to work in. But you know it's not their fault that the feds come down and put all these mandates on on flying. That unfortunately they're they're the they're the police at that point, and they just got to deal with it. But they get a lot of blowback for it. Believe me.
1: Well, and and maybe maybe if you know going into it that you will never be able to get on an airplane, and no matter where you go for the rest of your life, you're going to have to drive there or take a bus. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that will take. be some mm-hmm. sort of deterrent, maybe. I don't know. That's what it's going to take. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, coming up here, we'll get to a uh, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. If you haven't heard what that is, we'll give you the question, plus a, a hint or two to help you answer that's on the way after traffic and weather
6: listen to kboi online go to kboi.com and click the listen live button
0: now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi
1: On the way in 20 minutes, $50 gift certificate to lock, stock, and barrel. That's our sweet deal coming up this Friday, but you can get one for free on the way in 20 minutes if you can answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Call today for any real estate needs. Our question today, who has the second most receiving yards in NFL history after turning 40 years old? I'll give you the first one. Jerry Rice at 2,169 yards after 40 years old. Whoever is in second place is not a wide receiver. All right? So if you're thinking wide receiver, go someplace else besides wide receiver. If you know the answer, stick around. 20 minutes from now, we have a $50 gift certificate to Locks Talk.
6: Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back
0: to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI.
1: One of the uh, channels that we watch here in our studio happens to be the Olympics. Biathlon going on right now. We're watching
2: it. That's uh, where they, they ski and shoot and ski and shoot. and uh, We'll need these people if we're ever attacked at Lake Placid <laughs> or Spa Valley. Or Sun Valley, for that
1: matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're watching it live. We're not going to give uh, anything out because it's replayed and a lot of people watch it on NBC. Um, which will happen tonight, which mm-hmm. you can do it now locally on KTVB because Dish Network and um, Tenga have uh, got their dispute
2: They kissed and made out. up.
1: Yeah. Hillary Knight of Sun Valley scored two goals yesterday to help the U.S. women's hockey team rout Switzerland by a score of 8-0. to zero. She's, Really? She's competing in her fourth Olympics. I, I, don't, I had only
2: heard that they won. I didn't yeah. know they won 8-0. Eight, eight,
1: oh, they have absolutely annihilated their competition so far. Uh so far they have uh played Russia and uh Switzerland and Finland and their combined score is eighteen to two. Wow. They've outshot their opponents opponents 177 to 36. However, things get serious now. Canada is who they will play um tonight, nine ten PM mountain time, which will be tomorrow. Um, China time, U.S. and Canada are expected to meet in the gold medal game again as they have in the five of the six previous Olympics since women's yeah. hockey became part a of the competition. F- a
2: few years ago, Canada won the men's hockey gold medal, and uh, they, they asked uh, one of the guys on the team if they were going to make a movie about this team. And, and he says, oh, no, when Canada wins the gold medal, it's not <laughs> necessarily a miracle.
1: Uh, Cynthia Knight, who, by the way, is from Sun Valley, um, having a really good Olympics. She scored five points uh, already, and that puts her in a total all-time high for women's hockey of uh, fifth place wow. for, US, for U.S. women's hockey. And she still has quite a few more games to go in this Olympics, plus if she decides to play in the next Olympics. Um, tonight's game, by the way, is uh, with Canada. As I mentioned, those are the two teams that are expected to meet for the uh, Gold medal, and tonight that game will be on uh, USA Today Network, if you want to watch it. Two former members of Boise Steelhead's minor league hockey team are also playing in these winter games, which is kind of cool. Goaltender Pat Nagel, member of the U.S. team, uh, that will begin play this Thursday morning at 610 Mountain Time against China. That's a.m. The game is televised on USA Network. If Nagel gets the call in the net, he will face another former Steelhead defensiveman, Zach Yoon, who is on Team China. Nagel was a member of the Steelies during the 2013-2014 season. Yoon played 51 games with the Steelheads in 2015-2016. And then there is a local, really local, as in Meridian High School, graduate who is also competing in the uh, Olympic competition, Andrew Blazer of Meridian. Uh, The road to Beijing began with a family joke and uh, watching a 1990s (laughs) Disney classic. You know what that Disney classic is, don't Uh, you?
2: Probably Cool Runnings.
1: Yeah. 2007 Meridian High graduate had just finished his decathlon career at the University of Idaho and was trying to figure out what to do next in his life. And while watching the uh, movie Cool Runnings, which is loosely based on the true story of the uh, 88 Jamaican bobsled team at the Calgary Olympics, Blazer joked with his sister, said that he should go into bobsledding because that's apparently what all track and field athletes do.
2: (laughs) You guys like Willie Galt? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Eight years later, Blazer is representing the United States in skeleton at the 2022 Olympics. Blazer will start competition with the uh, first and second heats of men's singles event, which begin uh, at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Wednesday.
2: As as a decathlete, I mean, he was obviously a good all-around athlete, but he just seems to be one of those guys like Michael Jordan that if he takes up a sport, he's going to win.
1: Yeah, According to NBC Sports, Blazer is one of three Idaho natives who are competing for Team USA over the next couple of weeks in Beijing. Haley native Chase Josie will be competing in the men's snowboard halfpipe. We just told you about Hillary Knight uh, from Sun Valley. She's looking to uh, get another gold medal in women's hockey. And then, of course, um, you have uh, Meridian High graduate Andrew Blazer. Mm -hmm. So good luck to uh, all of those. Um, We will keep you uh, updated. We we won't ruin things for you because, as we said, the Olympics are currently going on in China because they are uh, ahead of us. So um, live action is happening now, but uh, it will be replayed during the evening times um, on NBC. Yeah. And as you mentioned, hockey and things like that, USA um, yeah, sports. You can,
2: you can really keep up with the Olympics just watching in primetime. Yeah.
1: pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, Got some emails in to uh, get to. Um, One of those says, hi, Mike and Chris. I listen to you guys every morning. I was glad to hear you bring up the homeless issue this morning. My family and I were driving downtown this weekend, and as we drove past the tent city near the Capitol, we were shocked. Having come from Orange County, California, we have seen the massive tent cities that were built up around our libraries and such, so we could not even visit it or near Angel Stadium on the freeway. I Hmm. agree. We cannot let our city get like Portland or one of those other cities. The bigger problem was when we showed uh, slowed down near the stoplight, two of the people who were living in the tents rushed up to our car that had our entire family in it, including my three children. They were being, they were being aggressive and making our city unsafe. I know we have a housing problem probably because of all people moving here, but I moved here so that I could make a better life for my family. The homeless encampments are a problem, but also a safety issue, as we will, I'm sure, start to see needles, drug paraphernalia, inappropriate activity going on down there. Like I said, they rushed my car when we were doing nothing but driving oh, did,
2: by. Okay, they, they rushed it. Did they do anything else? Like, I, she didn't say. Ask for money or something?
1: I think this would be something good for you guys to discuss at length with your listeners because no other media outlet here is really talking about it, and they're making the people who don't like it seem insensitive and wrong. We can't let these tent and homeless encampments take over our beautiful downtown area and our beautiful state buildings. I know homelessness is an issue. We need to address home prices, but we have to stop this before our city turns into another dump like Portland, San Francisco, and like Venice has become. Thanks for hearing me out. That's Holly in Boise.
2: All right. 208-336-3700, pound
1: and I guess, 670.
2: And I guess they cleared them out of there, didn't they?
1: They didn't clear them out. Some of them. Tents are are still there. They arrested a few. They arrested a few who had outstanding warrants, drug paraphernalia. Um, The tents are still there. They got rid of propane tanks, sleeping bags, things like that, because you're not allowed to camp, but you are allowed to protest. Um, We can talk more about this coming up after uh, 9 o'clock on the way for you. We've got uh, Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler with us after bottom of the hour. And coming up next, we've got a $50 gift certificate to lock, stock, and barrel with our Casper and
6: Chris. Damn near impossible question after Bronco Sports today. Or your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
1: All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, up for grabs today. And as a matter of fact, every morning, all week long, we have a $50 gift certificate to lock, stock, and barrel. Paula is going to get the first crack at it. Paula, the uh, person with the most... Receiving yards in NFL history after turning the age of forty is Jerry Rice with two thousand one hundred sixty-nine yards. Our question today is: Who has the second most receiving yards after turning forty in the NFL? I believe it's Tom Brady. Your belief would be correct, man. All right.
2: Tom Brady. Do you know? For extra credit, do you know how many yards he had? Six. Six whole yards. That is correct. How crazy is that? Does yeah, that number one has 2100 yards? Number two has
1: six really tells you how great Jerry, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice was, really yeah. was, doesn't it? Not how yeah. good Tom Brady yeah. was as a receiver, just how great <laughs> Jerry Rice was.
2: Paula, congratulations. You got yourself a $50 gift certificate to lock stock and you know, barrel. It's funny. He has more Super Bowl wins. Than he does yards uh,
1: <laughs> receiving. It, it was just shocking to hear that he had you know that many yards. Period. Let alone after the age of forty. But um, I think that probably comes on one reception. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Congratulations. Hang on the line, Paul. We'll get some information from you. Uh, don't forget, we have lock, stock, and barrel all this week that you can win. So, if those of you who were uh, waiting, trying to answer the question, don't worry. More questions coming up for you this week. And uh, just to give you an idea, our questions this week are going to have to do with the uh, football and the Super Bowl being on Sunday, and also will have to do uh, with the Olympics, which are also going on. So if you want to start boning up on those for your chance to get that $50 gift certificate, you can do that. And remember, if you don't win, Friday morning, 9 o'clock sharp. That's our sweet deal of the week. This week it goes fast. Only 160 of them available beginning at 9 o'clock. Just be ready to go. KBOI.com just before 9. Click on the sweet deal link and you can get in on that $50 gift certificate for only 25 bucks. Hang on, we've got news at the bottom of the hour. When we come back after bottom of the hour, Bob Beeler, Voice of the Broncos, will be with us. We'll uh, be talking about last week's game, look ahead to this week's game as we get back on a winning streak, as we did on Saturday night against San Jose State. Talk with the uh, coaches, the players, and more. That's all on the way in about 10 minutes.
0: This is Bronco Monday. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and talk about the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670-KBOI.
1: 8.37. It is Bronco Monday, and yay! The Broncos are on a win streak! <laughs> Always starts with one game, right Bob?
3: you got to get one before you get two, right? Yeah. you got to get two before you can get three. And I think anybody that thought you were going to go undefeated in the league is, uh, what do I want to say, smoking something? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. I I, I mean, unrealistic. They've never, the, league's had, the league's been in existence over 20 years, and no one has ever gone undefeated in league play. I'll anyway. take
1: it one step further than that. Here we are in February, and I don't think, this is my prediction, that anybody is going to go undefeated from this point to the end of the regular season.
3: I would agree with that too, because there's just too many good teams this year. There are six teams rated in the top 55 in the computer rankings. Now, I'll give you what what the rest of the country looks like. The Big Ten and the SEC each have eight in the top 55. The Big 12, the Big East, and the Mountain West all have six in the top 55. The Pac-12 has five. And how about this? If you said to most people in the country, you know, name me what conference you think is the best basketball conference, I think you'd have people just on his- history that would say the ACC. Mm-hmm. They have four teams in the top 55 in the computer rankings. That's one less, excuse me, that's two less than the Mountain West has.
2: Yeah, I mean, the uh, uh, Pac 12 comes out looking pretty good if you only include UCLA and Arizona.
3: <laughs> uh, and I think UCLA struggled this weekend. Yeah. So, um, has, has
1: the Mountain West ever had four teams make it to the tournament? They've I had five. Have they had five they've before? Had five. Okay,
3: I think it was in 2015. Boise State was one of them. They had five. I think that might be a bit ambitious because – the biggest problem is, is, we head down the stretch. You know, like yesterday, Fresno and everybody. Wyoming are playing each other. One of them has to take a loss. So I think right now, I, f- I would feel very good if the if the season ended today, I'd feel very good that Boise State, Wyoming, and Colorado State would be in, and I think San Diego State's probably the next team. There that would be, there would be probably just out if I had to guess. You know, I, I,
1: you know, a lot of people just pay attention to the Boise State games and how close and how good some of those games have come. <laughs> um, but I watched that Nevada San Diego State yeah. game. I don't know if you had a
3: chance to watch yes, that. Yes, I did, and I watched the San Diego State Colorado State game on Friday. Two and just then, and then the Fresno, absolutely great games. And the Fresno Wyoming game came right down to the yeah. end. Fresno missed a three in the last twenty seconds. So yes, every every game in the league seems to be you know, down to the last minute of the game. And I think this week, you know, you got Friday night against UNLV and then Sunday afternoon against Colorado State. You know, UNLV is a team that's sort of in the middle, not at the top, but they've got a player named Bryce Hamilton who the other night scored 45 in their win against Colorado State. So he is a scorer with a capital S.
1: I think, didn't he win the player of the week?
3: Oh, yeah. not He's for an not, I mean, for, player. The, for the nationally, nationally yeah, player yeah, of the week. probably so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think nine transfers from UNLV, I was looking over their roster because they're the next game, and I didn't recognize any of the names from last year other than Bryce Hamilton. But Interesting. if I was playing on UNLV, I'd know one thing. If I was playing on the roster with Hamilton, throw the ball to Hamilton and I are shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Degenhardt and uh, Kijab, are, uh, they're, they're getting a lot of charges this year well, yeah, is, no, is that because I mean, because of the I mean rule? they're taking a lot of charges that's they're what not I mean. getting them yeah. they're taking them. exactly is yeah. that because of the rule change
3: uh no i think it's because they're smart and they know how to get in front of people good enough i, I think <laughs> that you know i think the rules have changed a little bit and i i personally believe that officials are more willing to call them i have had nobody you know come out and say it but i've made calls to different people around the country you know, saying, you know, we're getting a lot of them. Do you think they're calling more of them? And I have friends that say in you know, other conference, yeah, they think so, but I think Boise State's pretty good at it. And and I think that uh, they play tough defense. They're in your face defensively, which I think helps you get a charge, and that means you're set and ready to go. And if there's contact, uh, you know, the whistle is blown probably just as much, and and usually it would be in the old days, you know, 98% of the time the offensive player would get the call, Not that much, but I think it would still be probably 60% of the time at least the offense would get the call, but Boise State's done a tremendous job, and that goes as a turnover, and then it goes as a foul on the uh, other player. So, you know, not that they needed all of them against San Jose State, but they certainly needed all of them the week before against Fresno State.
1: Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I listened to it on Saturday night, so it's hard to tell. The crowd sounded good. What did the crowd look like on Saturday night against San Jose State? Uh,
3: Biggest crowd of the season, and I think, you know, I think a lot of the reasons was 10,456. I think several reasons. One, I think that, uh, you know, people want to come out and see a team that had won 14 games in a row. I think number two, Um, it it was one that, uh, you know, a good time. Four o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, I think, is a great time for, you know, families to come because you can come and then go to dinner and then you have, if your kids have things or you have things in the morning and early afternoon, you can still come. There's one other Saturday at four o'clock game. It's not this Saturday, but it's next Saturday uh, against Utah State, which will also be a four o'clock game. Um, So, you know, I, I think that's a good time for people uh, they were into it, and I think, you know, Boise State had a couple of runs in the game, uh closed the half, they had 14 in a row, and then the last basket was scored by Utah, excuse me, by San Jose State, and then to start the second half, it was a 10-0 run for Boise State, which really kind of, you know, locked the game up. And, you know, the crowd was really into it when Boise State was on a run. I, I think that, you know, you play a team like San Jose that's, you know, the worst team in the league. Let, 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 let's call, yeah. let's call this, it what um, it is. They, th- they came in 0-9. San Jose had never won in Boise. They're now 0-20 in Boise. <laughs> But I think that sometimes when you have a game against a lesser opponent, if you got a good crowd, there's a lot of energy in the building. I think it does help. Boise State's had some players and we'll get into in the next segment uh, that are a little banged up, not that they're, you know, in any danger of missing a whole bunch of time. But, you know, we played a lot of games in a short period of time, and I think that sometimes when you have a crowd in there, helping you, I think, you feed off of it, and it gives you some energy maybe that you wouldn't
2: have. I'm going to go out on a limb. There are games Friday and Sunday, and I'm guessing the crowd will be bigger on Friday.
3: Well, I don't know. I think Sunday's a bigger game. I mean, if you're alluding to the fact that it's on the Super Bowl. I am. I mean, unless you have, if it kicks at 4.30, you know, unless you have more than a half an hour back to your house, you should be fine.
8: Because Let's hope, the game because...
3: starts at 2, it would be over by 4. You know, you get in your car, if you can be home in a half an hour, you can do both. That yeah. sounds great.
1: Um, home game against Colorado State, it, it, almost a must-win. I mean, it, it's not, you know, absolutely a must-win, but, man, it sure would be nice to take that first one against Colorado State because you still have to travel there to play.
3: Yeah, and I, I think, Mike, hit the nail on the head. I, I think I would say this in any encounter between two good teams. Colorado State was picked to win the league at the beginning of the year. They're really good. Uh, but they're 7-3. and three. They're two games behind in the loss column, both Boise State and Wyoming. And I, I think that whoever plays the home game first in the series, I think the pressure is a little more on them. In other words, if Boise State opens up the package, you know, yeah. and Boise State, you think about it, you know, Nevada's got to come here, we beat them. Utah State's got to come here, we beat them on the road. We beat San Diego State on the road. So – I think that's huge when you get the game at their place. I think there's more pressure on the home team to win when they have the first game at home.
1: Bob Beeler with us once again, talking basketball for Bronco Monday. We'll take a break. We'll hear from some of the players and the coach when we come back here on Bronco Monday.
0: Now, back up Bronco Monday on 670 KBOI. Bob Beeler with
1: us once again this morning. It is Bronco Monday talking about the uh, latest uh, big wins, or the big win that we had on uh, Saturday night to begin a new winning streak. Keep your fingers crossed. Two home games coming up this week, Friday and Sunday.
3: And as we look at uh, the game from Saturday and and all season, I, I think the move of the year was when they inserted Tyson Degenhardt into the starting lineup. He uh, has been uh, the freshman of the week in the conference five times, probably going to be the freshman yeah. of the year, I would think.
1: I, we were uh, just talking about that this morning. Is there anybody else that's even close? You would know better than Chris. Yeah, there's,
3: I. A, there's a guard at, uh, at Air Force that's pretty good. But I think in the end, when you look at, whose team is doing what in the standings. I think that well, that that counts. He's
1: probably going to win freshman of the week again this week again, wouldn't you think?
3: <laughs> yeah, it comes out after our show is over. But, yes, I think you're probably right. I mean, 23 points for a career high against San Jose, eight rebounds for a career high, uh, most points for a freshman in a conference game since 1994 when the team wow. was in the big sky. Now, I'm kind of surprised because I would have thought in a conference game Marks played a lot as a freshman. Dremmick played a lot as a freshman. Both of those guys scored. Both of those guys had over 20 in, in some games as freshmen, but they never had 23 in a conference game as a freshman. So I, I think that's impressive, and, and you know, he plays solid defense, you talk about taking the charge, he has been just a very, very good addition to, you know, you look at everybody else on the roster, you know, pretty much a veteran squad, so, you know, all of this as far as from the San Jose State game, we had Tyson Degenhardt on the post game, and ask him why he was the guy that had the big game. I think the my teammate trusted me to make the right plays, and the plays were there for me. Uh, you know, we were a little slow in the start, and I tried to be a little aggressive and get it into the middle of the zone, and... Um, attacked the rim, and that got us going, and then the
10: three started falling after that.
3: He got him going, got, you know, you talk about taking charges, he got, uh, and one, so he he got the blocking foul and got the basket. He had a couple in a row in one of the big runs in the first half that got the team going. Uh, we mentioned about some of the injuries in the game against San Jose State, uh, Coach Rice did not play Emmanuel Acot in the game. And uh, he also said some other players have been kind of bothered by injuries, and this was the comment from Coach Rice after the game.
8: Uh, when you're down a soldier, guys got to step up. But first of all, let me what a great! Oh, wasn't it nice to see this place in the third deck with lots of people in it? And I'm telling you that you don't understand that meant so much to our guys because we we were you know we're down a soldier. We got guys banged up. You know, Marcus had a his whole left hand wrapped up and the shoulder. And we got all kinds, I mean, you know, nothing major, but just the wear and tear of what we've been through. Uh, These guys had to reach down tonight to get this done. And, and the crowd being here, you know, that, that's a, I told these guys like they they've earned that they've earned every fan we've got because, you know, they've, they worked so hard and they played so good and, and so all these people coming out, you know, they want they want them to see who we are and how hard we play, and they got to see some of that tonight.
3: And uh, Coach is looking forward to the fact that there is no midweek game now. There are two in three days over the weekend, Friday night and Sunday afternoon, but there's nothing until Friday, and he's kind of looking forward to that.
8: Huge. I, I called it the all-star break because, you know, we played like an NBA schedule, and and we need it. I mean, we need Eman to get his stuff right and get his knee, you know, and and he could have played tonight, but I had to make a tough decision in the fact that, you know, you are playing him at thirty and forty percent. Well, we need him back to a hundred for this stretch run, and so you know, it was it's scary because, you know, he's been our quarterback i mean it's like sitting high hank bachmeyer and saying all right good luck guys go get it and and you know to get away and get a 16 point win and being able to do that now that's the best
3: and again i would think guys you know that you really want uh, Acot for unlv friday and and colorado state on on sunday i mean at this stage of the season i'm sure everybody's a little sore you know had something wrong well. if you've played a lot of games but you know you y- y- you know, none of these teams have a ton of depth. I mean, when I mean none of the teams in the Mountain West, that if you lose one of your starting five, you're going to be in trouble against one of the better teams.
1: And I mean, based on what's happening with Boise State's schedule, with makeup games and everything over the last three weeks, it's got to be super nice to have five days off where you <laughs> don't have to have a game
3: right you're and not think,
1: traveling and and the fact that you know they have a week where they don't even have to travel has got to be great too
3: yeah I, th- I think that and i'll I'll say myself as somebody that travels with them you do feel it and i do feel it as you know from a preparation standpoint and learning things about the other team it just seemed like this year, you know, with the three games a lot of times in a week, it just keeps coming faster and faster. Where in the past, you know, you generally had a game Tuesday or Wednesday, and then you had a game Saturday or something. So it was it was much more manageable for me. And I'm not playing; I'm just trying to learn names, numbers, and things to <laughs> say about them. So I can imagine what the team's going through.
1: Just and also the fact that you know you're what six foot three, six foot two. What, what, me? Hotel? Yeah.
3: <laughs> six foot. You're six you're, foot. You're giving me yeah. a lot more so, credit than I, uh, than I deserve. Big so. big difference I, I mean, being I mean, a six I mean,
1: foot ten guy having to ride on an airplane.
3: Yeah, yeah, and you. It, it, it's funny when you travel with the teams, and you really notice this when you go in the elevator with with players. Okay. <laughs> when you're in the elevator with the basketball team, you really feel short. When you're in the elevator with the football team, you really feel small in the in the, in the, in the <laughs> wide sense not the <laughs> not the not the tall sense some football players are tall but most of them are thick yeah so um no you, you get in that square box when you're going up to the hotel room and and you do feel much smaller when you although our
1: moose could probably play football for the uh, broncos right
3: tight end i think would look like a good <laughs> yeah. position right for yeah him. yeah not bad you know I, I would i would bet i would venture to say from serbia he played one year of high school. He was an exchange student in Arkansas. My guess is he didn't play, but um, you know, football is such a American-only sport. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, although you have people like Elliot Hoyt that come over here, you know, and then want to play, but I'd say the numbers are pretty small for foreign people. So
1: KBOI News Time eight fifty four. We'll take one more break. Come back and uh, look forward to what we have coming up this week here on Bronco Sports Today.
0: Now back up Bronco Monday on six seventy KBOI.
1: 8:56. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Bob Beeler with us once again from Bronco Monday, and uh, we've already talked a little bit about the games happening at Extra Mile Arena. What else we have going on this week, Bob? All
3: right, it's busy week starting on Wednesday. Women's basketball 6:30 against the top team in the league, UNLV. All of these things you can hear on 670 KBOI. Thursday, the coaches show at six o'clock. Friday, 8:30 uh, UNLV pregame show. Saturday, two o'clock women's basketball will be at Utah State. Sunday, 1.30, Colorado State. Uh, that's the uh, game that was made up from early in January that was postponed. I'm going to give you my tip for the Sunday game. What I'm going to do, I'm setting my DVR at home to record the Super Bowl because I'm going to be on the air for a half an hour after the game's over. And I'm going to not put the radio on when I go in the car to go home. <laughs> and I'm going to start the Super Bowl and watch the entire thing on my DVR at my pace, not the T V network space.
1: You know, with, with technology, can't you uh just listen or watch it on the way home now and
3: just get well, in the car I and keep my eyes on the Super Bowl and the eyes I'd rather I'd rather relax and get my food and oh, do whatever see, I want to do. So. I thought
1: Bob Beeler had a driver. I'm
3: sorry. Oh, well then I, I need to get <laughs> one then.
1: <laughs> I just thought they gave you a driver. Oh, that'd be nice. Th- it? Th- thank you very much. Uh we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning for Bronco Tuesday, and good luck this week with your uh, calls of the game.
6: Thanks.
1: KBY News time, eight fifty eight
6: great one mark levin tonight at seven now back to mike
0: casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi
1: Into the nine o'clock hour our phone lines are open right now for you at 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless if you want to get through and take part in the show You can also call uh, toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. In addition to that, other ways you can participate, because we know not everybody is able to call. You can uh, email us, Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOY.com, or send us a text message. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Lisa writes in, uh, said, Hi, gentlemen. I heard an advertisement earlier this morning for boats or a boat show, something like that. Anyway, the narrative of the ad stated that there's a record snowpack around the state that will be filling our reservoirs. Dumb question, is this true? I wasn't aware we had a record snowpack. Um, I, I did look this up after your email came in. We had uh, record snowfall in December throughout the state, and we're we're into February. They won't uh, release the uh, latest number on the uh, snowpack coming up probably for another week or so. So the uh, latest number on the uh, snowpack um, that we have is from January. The uh, Boise Basin, Boise River system, is 122% of normal snow water equivalent. Right, Which is good. Right now, which is really good. Um, And Big Lost Basin, west of Idaho Falls, is at 139% of normal. So um, I know December was record snow in most of idaho um we heard like bogus basin got a record number brundage mm-hmm. smashed there were 100 like over 100 years it hadn't seen that much snow in december so currently as of right now for mountain areas throughout most of idaho they're above 100 percent. i don't know if it's all at record uh numbers or what the numbers will show yeah. in february if the snow is showed down but uh, as of the middle of january not, that's not, that's what we were saying i'm
2: not sure where to look up the record but yeah tim has written in and says we don't need holly's advice We used to brag about Idaho a few years back because it was a great place. Now we have many problems since the Californians showed up with the uh, problems they brought with them. Instead of fixing their state, they think they can make us better, but they made it worse.
1: So you think everything that's happening in California or in Idaho right now is
2: Californians' fault? I I always look at that just the opposite way. Uh, I I always think that... uh, the people who move here from California do so because they no longer like California and want to live in Idaho because of the way Idaho is. And so they come here and, and basically assimilate. They they don't come here and cause trouble as far as I know.
1: Well, and I mean, we've had home problems with homelessness here in Boise before this year. 2022 isn't the first time mm-hmm. we've had problems with this. I mean, we had a homeless camp that had to be dismantled. What was that about? Uh, five, six winters ago?
2: Something like that. Yeah. I mean, where so they, this isn't anything where new. Where they found just so many syringes. Yeah. Kent writes in and says, people wonder what we can do about the lawlessness in our country. Talking about the uh, uh, number of complaints on, on planes now. I have a partial solution that once worked out quite well. Let courts mandate that those between the ages of 18 and 25 be mustered into the military when they come before the judge, spending 10 weeks with a master drill instructor will change many lives. I saw it happen in my past. I volunteered for the military before it got to that point for me. I it came out a very different person than went in. That was Kent. Uh, the only problem with that, about, we brought this up about 20 years ago, and somebody called in and said that uh, the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the the Air Force, Coast Guard, everybody, they're against people being sentenced to uh, a military career because they said that, you know, with, with the Volunteer Army, if, if you don't want to be there, it really shows.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's a problem. It's like if you make somebody go into the military... And they yeah, don't want to be there. It's not going to be hard we're, we're, for them to not do stuff that they're supposed yeah. to be doing because, it, you know, the people that want to be there, the biggest fear is that they're going to get kicked
2: out. But People that, that don't want to be there want to be kicked out. Yeah, they, they said they're trying to recruit the absolute best and, you know, the best and the brightest that are available. And it's more difficult to do if you know that uh, people arrested for crimes are being sentenced to go into the Army or the Marine Corps, or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm um john
1: writes in man we have people who have problems with uh people who don't live here um talking about problems in idaho john uh, the last thing we need is a transplant telling us how to make things better when they created the problem so the hell with holly
11: Hmm.
1: well thank you john for being nice and welcoming um what did she say that you don't agree with i mean she said that she doesn't want to see things happen the way they happen in portland seattle camp california with the homeless camps that are set up there do you disagree with that do you, is that a is that a good thing we have these homeless camps I, I i guess i don't understand just because holly doesn't happen to be from idaho making a statement that she doesn't want it to be like the place she came from i i i just i guess i just don't get that it what, doesn't what seem do like you it disagree with
2: doesn't seem like it should be that controversial does it or,
1: or you just don't want people who don't weren't born in idaho to make any well, comments whatsoever,
2: I I suppose so. I mean, y- you you could make a comment. You were born in Idaho. I was born in Idaho. I could make a comment, but you know, it, it, to me, it's 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 not that much different than it used to be. I mean, Idaho is still Idaho. Yeah. Uh,
1: Idaho boy writes that that is if it is his real name. An Idaho boy. Are you commenting because you were born in Idaho? Um, You could be right about masks being required on airlines. I said that. I I predicted this morning Mm -hmm. uh, when we were talking about masks earlier that I don't don't think the mask mandate in airlines is ever going to go away ever again. I I don't have any inside knowledge. I just just don't think it's going
2: to happen. Long before COVID, our entire lives, they told us that uh, the airplane uh, was one of the best places to get a cold or the flu from somebody.
1: Um, He went on to say, it's been known long before COVID that masks are not effective. There is a gold standard used in testing regarding medicine. It's called a randomized controlled trial. They are designed to greatly reduce or eliminate biases. If you read the uh, RCTs uh, on the NIH website regarding N95 masks and aerosolized viral, you'll find that it's shown little to no efficacy stopping aerosolized viral all non-RCTs should be considered at best. Skeptically, masks are about power.
2: Well, And, and, and they may yeah, be. I, but, don't, I don't care about that because if, if, it's, if it's the only way for me to get onto a plane and get yeah. where I want to go, I'm probably going to take the path of least resistance. I mean, some people never do that. And there, there that, are people who, you know, they need drama in their lives, so they search out conflict. And I was just
1: going to say that. You have to keep in mind, airlines are private companies. Privately owned companies. And once again, if they want to require face masks, um, you know, they they can do that. If they want to not allow alcohol, they can do that. They're privately owned companies. Um, I, so I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but I just have a funny, sneaky suspicion that it's going to be a long time before you get on an airplane where you don't have to wear a mask. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I, I think that airlines are like, hey, we've started this. Might as well keep it going just in yeah. case anything comes up.
2: Sounds right to me so far. Uh,
1: another story that uh, came out. I haven't had a chance to talk. want to get your thoughts on this. This happened Friday after our show. Um, you heard uh, one of our newscasts talking about this this morning. A judge said uh, on Friday, Idaho's governor does not have the power to veto a clemency recommendation by the state's parole board for a terminally ill man who was expected to be executed this year. The ruling came from 2nd District Judge Jay Gaskill on Friday, um, says putting Gerald Pizzuto Jr. to death would be illegal. Pizzuto, in case you don't remember, 66 years old, has been on death row for more than three decades after being convicted for the July 1985 slangs of two gold prospectors at a cabin north of McCall. He was scheduled to be executed by a lethal injection, uh, injection last year, but after a clemency hearing, the Idaho Commission of Pardons and Parole voted four to three to recommend that Pizzuto's sentence be changed to life in prison. The board cited Pizzuto's poor health; he has terminal bladder cancer, cancer, uh, heart disease, diabetes, as well as decrease in intellectual function, and uh, said commutation would be an act of mercy. Governor Little, however, rejected the recommendation. Pizzuto's attorney with the Federal Defender Services of Idaho went to court with attorney. Uh, Jonah Horowitz arguing last month that while Idaho's constitution gives the governor the power to grant temporary reprieves from execution, it stops far short of allowing the governor to override the parole board's commutation recommendation.
2: I did not know that. I I thought all governors could uh, stay in execution. Yeah. Now, this... Okay, okay. I guess, okay, so he can cancel one... Temporarily. Temporarily, but he can't... He say, okay from now on, you're on your yeah it's a life sentence so okay.
1: in in this particular instance, um you know he can cancel it temporarily, but uh he in this particular instance said the death penalty will be invoked, and he will be put to death um later this year now Governor little spokesman said that uh, he will challenge this ruling because the state must have the ability to carry out death penalty as ordered by the court and as as in this case, so this will be moving to a higher court. It may go all the way to the Supreme Court, and he may be dead by the time this goes well, to the th- Supreme Court.
2: There, there's something about, uh, whether you're for the death penalty or not, there's something about uh, a person being put to death 37 years after they committed a crime and, and just waiting for it the entire time. It's it's just kind of strange. You know, It you remember, uh, well, I mean, uh, we we weren't there, obviously, but like in the old days, somebody would be convicted of something, Sacco and Vanzetti, or or Bruno Hauptmann, or one of those guys. And they were executed, like, weeks later. Mm-hmm. Charles Gateau, Leon Shulgash.
1: For those who might not remember, Pazuto was camping with two other men near McCall when he encountered 58-year-old Berta Herndon and her 37-year-old nephew, Dell. They were prospecting in the area. Pazuto, armed with a twenty two caliber rifle, went to the Herndon's cabin, tied their wrists behind their backs, bound their legs to steal their money, he bludgeoned them both, and co-defendant James Rice then shot Del Herndon in the head. Another co-defendant, Bill Odom, helped bury the bodies, and all three were accused of robbing the cabinet.
2: I, I will admit that if you're going to kill somebody after 37 years, this would be the thing to do it for.
1: That's why, it, it, in this particular instance, I am glad that the uh, court um, sided against the governor, um, because in my way of thinking, the stuff that he is going through right now, um, bladder, cancer... Um, he is expected to die of bladder cancer uh, brutally painful mm-hmm. i hope he goes through as much pain as absolute possible and did not want to see him be put to death and not have to go through the the amount of pain that he's probably going to go through to die naturally
2: i don't yeah if, if you uh, if you get an injection you don't even feel pain do yeah,
1: you I, you're not supposed to because that would be cruel and unusual punishment even though they bludgeoned two people to death 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. Your phone calls and emails coming
0: up. Be a part of the show at 336 3700 or toll free 1 800 529 KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI.
1: Once again, if you want to get through to the show today, it's easy to do. As always, our phone number 208 336 3700. Pound 670, if you have a Verizon telephone, just hit pound 670. Toll free, 1-800-529-5264. You can send us an email or uh, instant message through our fan page on Facebook. You can also text us uh, if you would like. Uh, Email in from uh, Jack says, uh, Are the people who run the homeless sanctuary behind the camp protests since their request to move to that new location on State Street has been denied?
2: I, I don't think the people who run it are behind it.
1: No. I mean, it's, it's, hard, is, it's uh, hard to say if anybody is behind it or if this is uh, an organic thing that started. Mm-hmm. It, it would be weird that everybody goes, hey, let's just go camp out here and start protesting. I mean, somebody had to say, hey, we should start protesting. I always thought it was kind of interesting that the protest started just after the Idaho legislature began and thought, you know, hey, here's a chance for you to be in front of the legislature every day mm-hmm. to maybe have them do something about the homeless well, that's probably situation. the main reason they're there yeah it'll be interesting to see if they wrap up after the legislature wraps up or if they continue on into the spring you know because the weather gets nicer it's easier to be out when the weather's better than what it has been recently
2: <laughs> there we go if we're going to protest let's do it in may
1: <laughs> that's what i was saying it's like, for, yeah you're may june and then it gets too hot in july and august so we won't protest then because we don't have air conditioners
2: Robin writes in and says, uh, Hi, Mike and Chris. I, so I used to be one of those people who couldn't stand the thought of Cali people moving here. After talking to Cali transplants, they move here to get away from the crap show that they were living in. I do have a neighbor that still wants the same politics, but I believe they are a minority. I hate the growth, but for selfish reasons, keep Idaho red. Thanks, guys. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, Robin
1: they've done a couple of surveys of people that have moved uh here not just from California but out of state period places like Washington mm-hmm. Oregon um but Cal- California Washington Oregon those are two of the bigger out of state areas that people are moving to Boise from i just don't
2: i, I don't know anybody that thinks they're going to move to Idaho and turn it into you know uh a liberal haven of some sort. It's just, I, I yeah. don't even see that a 100 years from now. Well, and, I could uh, be wrong about
1: that's, that. That's what the survey said. A huge number of people are saying, no, we, we want to come here for what Idaho has to offer. We're sick and tired and fed up with where we are coming from, and we want something politically that more is in line with, you know, what we want, and Idaho has that. You know that's based on a survey. I don't. I don't know how much of that is true, but I'm sure there are people here that are moving here. You know, maybe for some other reason other than to get away from you know California or politics in Oregon or politics right. in Washington. And by the way, for those people, I I know there is a number of people who think that the large majority of people moving to Boise are coming from California, and that's just not true. The largest number of people that are moving to Boise are coming from Canyon County. Mm-hmm.
2: And just other places in idaho where they decide they'd like to live in the biggest city
1: canyon county is the reddest county in the entire nation is that right yeah number one for conservative politics so you have a huge number of people moving from canyon county and voting in into, into yeah. boise yeah so i mean i know a lot of people think that you know and like to blame everything on californians but it's just not the largest number of people moving and not every californian is moving to boise I mean, people are moving to to the entire
2: state of I I need to stop marrying them. That that would help. (laughs) You'd think that would be, uh, you know, (laughs) enough to just make them not leave California, but no, it it didn't work.
1: Um, uh, Jay writes in, and and we we had mentioned this, um, I personally feel this way too, to all those who are plotting the stay of execution for that Pizzuto guy, uh, just wondering if you're even aware of what he did to his victims, how he killed them. If you're not, you need to go look it up and then try to defend this guy on no, anything.
2: We're not defending him. The, the only thing I said is it seems weird to execute somebody 37 years after the crime. It, did it take 37 years to appeal? No, it usually takes just a few weeks to appeal.
1: Yeah, I. This is what no, I'm this not is saying. He guys... didn't deserve
2: the death penalty. This is a guy who did something heinous with other people and. It, it was cruel and obviously very much against the law, and he killed people, so uh, if anybody deserves the death penalty, yeah, it's probably him, but you know it was in nineteen eighty five so I'm thinking by nineteen ninety maybe
1: this is one of those guys, for instance, in Texas who would have been moved because they have they have a uh, you know a certain um, set of rules that if you do certain things in in committing your crime, your murders, and you are sentenced to death you move immediately to the front of the line so that you don't have 10, 20 years that you're taking mm-hmm. you know, up so the have state.
2: A, they have a scale of heinousness. It,
1: they, they do. Um, and, I, and just hearing what this guy did, my thought is if this was Texas, he would have been uh, eliminated probably 27, 8 years ago mm-hmm. at, at least, if not sooner than that. 208 336 3700 pounds 670 in your eyes and Wireless, Take a quick break here. We got news for the bottom of the hour. And then if you uh, want to call in, now's a good time to do it. We'll take more of your phone calls and emails coming up. KBOI News Time
0: 927. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are our News Talk on KBOI.
1: 208-336-3700, pound 670. For eyes and wires, phone lines are open if you want to get through. You can also email us, send us an instant message, or text us. 208-336-3700. Uh, Jack writes in. In Texas, it's a type of crime in association with verifiable, credible witnesses. And in Texas, we call it the express lane. Have a great day, Jack and Emmett. Yeah, express express lane. Death penalty. and in And then... In Pizzuto's case, I mean, I think they had verifiable, credible witnesses because one of the people who committed the crime with him testified against him. Mm-hmm.
2: Tim wrote in. He says, my 10-minute drive is now $40, $120,000 homes are 500000 property tax high. Yeah, Chris, it is still the same. Uh, I will admit that uh, taxes have gone up and uh, prices have gone up. And that the place is more crowded now, but that's that's the case of everywhere in the West, uh, being more crowded, and and the prices have gone up everywhere in the United States. Yeah. Uh, so we're not that different from any place else. Yeah, it's it's different than it used to be in that respect, but so is every place else. So is Wyoming. So is Montana. So are the Dakotas. Even you know, and even smaller towns in Idaho, same thing. And and people people act like all of Oregon, and all of California, and all of Washington. Are just uh, extremely liberal. Well, it's it's mainly the big cities, and they have much bigger cities than we do, you know, and, and bigger metropolitan areas where most of the people in that state actually live, and uh, that's kind of where most of it comes from. It it doesn't come from the smaller towns.
1: There's a reason why there are was it five counties at last count, or is it more than that in Oregon who want to secede and become a part of Greater yeah, Idaho? And, and
2: these are these are not places with big cities. No,
1: they're the they're the rural. Part of Oregon that are sick I mean, and tired the, of being run by the liberals in Portland. What, and what did
2: they figure the biggest city in the whole thing was Bend,
1: right? I don't think Bend is one or, of the cities. Was not, yeah, was Bend, Bend, is, not even Bend is fairly liberal. Yeah, well, I don't think Bend was one of the uh, counties. Might be Coos Bay or something. Yeah, uh, that that wants to. I'd have to look again, but I think at last count it was it was up to five who had talked about possibly seceding mm-hmm. to become a part of Greater Idaho. I mean, the odds of that it, happening are astronomical because th- it would of be, what has, you have to go through to get it done.
2: I think it would be cool if we could have the Columbia Basin and Mount Hood, but that's not the part of the state that wants to uh, to break off.
1: However, part of the coast of Oregon, there are cities on the coast of Oregon that want to break off. So, I southern, mean, southern Oregon. Yeah, you you would have eastern Idaho all the way to the coast as part of Idaho if this were to ever happen. In our lifetimes, it's not going to happen because... Like I said, there's so much you have to go through. First of all, Oregon has to agree to give up and say, right. fine, do it, we'll vote well, for
2: it. Plus, Idaho has to Idaho agree. Idaho
1: has to agree. And then... Hey, would you guys like a whole bunch more people? Uh, on top, on top no, of that... I think we just
2: pointed out we wouldn't.
1: <laughs> on top of that, Congress also has to agree on it before it could even you know, get to the point of going, mm-hmm. all right, what's this going to look like? Where but are maybe, the new
2: boundary lines going to be? But maybe more people with more land is a good thing. I don't know.
1: Would you give more tax base? I, I think, you know, being able to go to uh, the uh, Idaho coast, see the ocean from the Idaho coast would be kind of cool. Although that would be a long drive, still a long drive, but yeah. still it'd be cool if we had, you know, the, uh, the Idaho coast you could go to.
2: Now, the only benefit I think for people who live in Idaho is that if you wanted coastal property in Idaho, <laughs> you could actually buy some for, for a change. Um uh, email in from uh, Rayon says
1: I think it's messed up that Boise is now going to be Amazon's city. Boise is already starting to lose its charm and it's going to continue if we keep letting the city to grow the way it is. I say screw Amazon and wanting to take over Boise. We are number 50 in the education system. Our roads were never meant to be this busy. It's kicking all natives out of the city and making us commute just to survive. I First of all, I d- I didn't know that Boise was becoming an Amazon city. Second of all, Amazon is located in Nampa,
2: not in Boise. Yeah, well, they're building a second uh, huge building around here somewhere, aren't they? Um,
1: yeah, I think it's east of the southeast of the airport.
2: I think because so that one off Franklin is enormous. So I, I'd, or is it off the? Well, it's all, okay, it's it's off the interstate as well.
1: I also don't know how many people. I'd I'd be curious to know. You know with the with these jobs that Amazon brings in, and I mean they're decent paying jobs compared to other jobs in the rest of the city when you're paying five fifteen to minimum wage of fifteen dollars plus you've seen the advertisements recently on television, haven't you? not only do they start their job payment at $15 an hour, but you start your insurance, paid-for insurance, on day one. day one, one, which is
2: very unusual.
1: Um, So, I mean, it's a a fairly well-paying job. I'd be curious, how many people, though, are moving from out of the area to come work for Amazon in Boise, Idaho?
2: I don't know the answer to that. My guess is uh, that's not a big draw, but it could be. I wouldn't think
1: so either, but I would think that... You know, people in the Treasure Valley are going like, hey, this is a better job than what I'm currently at. I can mm-hmm. already have my house. I already live here. I, 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 I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I, it just doesn't seem that like that's the type of job, maybe the upper end, maybe, of management positions who are making six figures people would move here for. But um, the large majority of workers there are are getting that 15 to $20 yeah. per hour. Are people really moving here for that job? I don't know. I just want to throw that out there.
2: It's it 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 seems like it would be weird. I'm not saying people don't do it, but it seems like it would be weird to move to a different state because they had uh like, you know, a higher starting wage.
1: Yeah. And and if you're if you're blaming Californians, Californians are getting paid way more than they do in Boise, Idaho at Amazon, so why would they leave for a lower paying job if it wasn't for the fact that they just no. want to get the hell out of California?
2: <laughs> That's true. A, um, a dollar does go further here than it does in California, yeah. but it's uh, the difference is getting smaller. Hello. Tom Emmett,
1: good morning, you're on News Talk KBOI.
7: Yeah, I wonder who's going to break it to the Eastern Idahoans that as soon as they become a part of Idaho, they get to pay 6% sales tax on their food and everything else they buy. The Eastern I Oregonians, you mean. They might not enjoy that as much as we enjoy it.
1: Well, who knows? By the time this legislature is over, we may not have a 6% grocery tax either.
7: Yeah, I've heard that story for the last 15 years, so good luck with that one.
1: Well, there's one big difference. In the last 15 years, we've never had $2 billion surplus.
7: Well, I guess, you know what I mean, I guess all this government money coming from, from Washington doesn't seem like we have a lot of people objecting to it when it comes into the state, although they object mm-hmm. everything else that comes out of Washington.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, it, when it's money, I, I almost said free money, which we know it's not free money,
2: uh, because Tur- we are paying tourism, for it. Tourism, good. New residents, not good, <laughs> apparently. Uh, yeah, so I, Idaho.
1: I, I, I don't know. I personally, I, I don't think they're going to do away with the grocery tax. Um, and, and I only say that because of the people we've talked to, legislators, um, that in a lot of instances, there's a lot of people who make more money getting the grocery tax credit than they would if you got rid of the grocery um, tax. And we talked about this last week about, you know, you know, a family of two like my wife and I. It's just my wife and I. And for us to make more money getting rid of the grocery tax. Um, we would have to pay four thousand dollars a year in in groceries, and we just don't come anywhere close to that. And that's just groceries because they don't eliminate the tax on uh, non-grocery items like toilet paper or you know things like that, hair shampoo. It's just grocery items, so we don't come close. Just food items. To spending four thousand dollars a year on groceries, so we make more money on getting the one hundred and twenty dollar tax credit you know two hundred and forty dollars together so i think that's a lot of the argument that people are making to keep the grocery tax um credit so instead me, of getting rid of the grocery is, uh, tax
7: is is my math wrong but six percent of four thousand dollars is two hundred and forty dollars i think mm-hmm. yeah it is yeah that's and the is that that, your tax-
1: that's the break-even point. Yeah, that's why I said we would have to spend that to break even, because each, you know, each of us get one hundred and twenty dollars for the tax credit.
7: Hey, I was going to point out another thing. I haven't been on the radio for a while, but uh, a while back, a guy was comparing Australia to the United States, and he he falsely quoted that the United States was getting seven hundred new cases a day. He uh, it's actually seven hundred thousand at that time. So I think once in a while, you know, you, you need to listen to your callers that are putting out these anti-vaccination facts, and uh, make sure you catch them when they pull a thousand, thousand, you know what I mean, make it mm-hmm. seven hundred into a thousand into a it was It was a small mistake. Anyway, it, was a h- it was only a few. It
1: was only seven hundred thousand.
7: <laughs> yeah, only seven hundred thousand. He was he was trying to make the argument that Australia's having more cases for capital than we are yeah. and he was vastly off but
2: thank you for the uh, call Tom. Well, you
7: know was, thank you
2: my, my cousin that lived in australia and was a, a law professor down there moved back because there were too many restrictions
1: yeah they still have massive amounts of rest- and have been going yeah it's much the, more restrictions much, for all, the whole time
2: much more been. hardcore than it's been anywhere in america
1: kby news time nine we'll take a break one more segment on the way final chance to get through and take parts. Uh, 208 336 3700 pounds 670 on Verizon Wireless.
6: The night at
0: 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
1: 950. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning. Uh, I wanted to talk about this real quickly. Um, It happened over the uh, weekend. Joe Rogan, we talked about this last week, uh, in, in trouble for alleged misinformation. You know, and he, He's been really nice about it. <laughs> and, uh, and people that were saying they wanted their music pulled from Spotify, uh, India Aria um, wants her music pulled from Spotify now, but for a completely different reason, and Joe Rogan had to apologize that uh, for that this weekend.
9: There's a video that's out, that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me, of 12 years of conversations on my podcast and it's all smushed together and it looks horrible even to me. Now, I know that to most people there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years. I never use it to be racist because I'm not racist but whenever you're in a situation where you have to say I'm not racist you up there's nothing I can do to take that back I do hope that if anything that this can be a teachable moment
1: so Chris is white I'm white our producer on our show however is black how long have you been
11: black uh, I've had blackness for 25 years, almost 26.
1: Is there? That's why I want to ask you: Is there any context whatsoever in the world in this day and age that any white person or non-black person should be or could be using the N word?
11: Do you mean appropriate context? Well, <laughs> um, and, and to yeah. give
1: to give some context in in. I mean, like he said, in a montage where all it is is him saying the N-word over and over and over again, Um, to give it some context, um, in the the situations that he was talking about it, he he gave one example, for instance, talking about Quentin Carantino movies, which uses the N-word a lot in most of his movies. And he's talking about that, he's talking about rappers using the N-word, except he doesn't say the N-word, he actually says the word. And now he's saying you know doesn't matter the context i should never have ever said it okay so i mean it is one of those things and there's been conversations before why if it's okay for a black person to say it why isn't it okay for somebody else to say it but in this day and age i think most of us would agree that saying that word no matter what the context not good
11: yeah i'd i'd be tempted to agree with you that no matter the context of you saying it it's not like a it's not a good word you know, I I feel like if you have to invent a substitute phrase for a word, it's generally not a good word. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So well, and he had, he admitted that he said in listening to it, it sounds he cleaned they cleaned it up on the. <laughs> he said it sounds blank and horrible mm-hmm. in, in listening back to it, and and he did, said he doesn't do it anymore, but he also said that he did do it.
11: Yeah, it's also very different to call. Someone that yeah. versus oh, saying complete,
1: it. I completely agree, and and that I do want to say in that context, he wasn't calling somebody that. He didn't use the word in a derogatory term. He, it was just a, a podcast where they were talking was, about using the
2: yeah. N word in movies. And shortly and, after it became, you know, a, a fairly popular subject, there was uh, somebody in Chicago, I think, that ended up getting shot because he ran up to some people and said, "Hey, N words" or something like that, and. And that didn't
11: make it any better. That is an unwise move. It certainly Um, is. I would say that saying that word... I would
1: even go beyond not unwise. That's a stupid move. I Uh, was trying to be polite.
11: Um, I would say that in general, that is a word that you get away with saying. You know what I mean? Like no one says it and then it's like, oh, it's all good all the time. It's one of those things that you say it and you kind of get away with saying it put in various contexts, but it's never good for you to be using that word.
1: And unless, of course, you're filming a movie, then apparently it's OK <laughs> or, or you yeah, have that's a, a much you're longer a discussion and you're singing. Yeah, that's a um,
11: much longer discussion yeah. than we have time for. It's
1: just interesting that uh, I don't know if you would call this cancel culture or not. They definitely want his podcast pulled. Uh, but this just gives him more things that he's going to be fighting against uh, over the coming uh, weeks and, and months. That's it for uh, today. We're about uh, done and wrapped up. Thanks for taking part in the uh, show today. Um, don't forget, coming up all this week, we've got the $50 gift certificate to give away to, uh, bis- or to um, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Mm-hmm. That'll be happening again tomorrow morning. We also have the uh, Valentine's Day uh, Chancellor's fun little gig going on here at the uh, Riverside Hotel. We'll have all those to give away this week. We'll have more chances for you to win coming up here tomorrow morning on Newstalk KBOI.